Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. We all know too well that we've started our series, which we're called the series known as Barometer. Ah, the series known as Barometer. And last week, I tried everything possible by God's instruction for me to be able to give you an overview or probably to be able to put um, a roundup, um, what you call it, intro into this very particular barometer. And I remember very well one of the tests in which we use is the book of John chapter 1 from verse 12 and 13. John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 because why the Bible makes us to understand in John chapter 1 verse 12 it says but as many that have received him he said to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God he said for as many that has received him which means it is a condition or problem that is that is that is an, that is a pressure that has been put on that very particular statement he says for as many that are going to receive which means the possibility that a lot of people can be in the church and yet not receive the things of God. A lot of people can be there. Sometimes if you look at it, we look at a very particular story with the story of the guy that was by the pool of Bethesda. He was in church for 38 years, but the church was not in him for that 38 years. He was looking for external factor to make his healing come to pass. But the thing there is the fact that the Bible says for, uh, for whoever would jump into that very water, when the Holy Spirit comes and steer the water, he said for the person shall be made whole. But this very particular man, but at least I'm very happy about the guy. His consistency in the church is something that we need to also find a focus and to put a spotlight. He wasn't distracted. He wasn't confused. He knew that if I can enter that water, but he forget to understand something. That when it comes to this kingdom where you and I are currently now operating, is a kingdom of responsibility. A kingdom of responsibility where until your part is played, God is not committed to perform. I'll repeat it again. Until your part is played in this kingdom, God is not committed to perform. For example, with the story I'm saying to you, until that guy can jump into the water, the healing is not there for me. The healing will not be in view for him until he jump into the water. But the funny thing with the guy, for me, I look at the guy and I laugh most time. All you need to do is to put one of your legs for 38 years, for crying out loud. You need to walk close to that very particular place. The ability to crawl like a snail, roll like a lion, whatever you can do, be like the woman with the issue of blood and get close to the water to the point that when the angel is going to steer the water, the angel will steer the water with your leg together in it. But the responsibility was not on his part that's why the scripture here says but as many that received him which is a responsibility of you to receive as many that will receive him i don't know if you receive him tonight i remember on tuesday for those of us who are platform family, we are talking about the concept of faith and belief. And I gave you an example of this very particular guy who the guy is hungry and he needed to eat some certain food. And the food was presented to this guy. And the food, the question there that I asked every one of them who was on the Tuesday Bible study was this. Does the guy really believe that if he eats the food that he will be fine? Because if he really believed, he would have eaten the food and not die. 
The same thing also applies to us this moment. He said, but as many that have received him, which means some of us are coming to church or just hang around the church simply because the pastor or maybe simply because the church has a good uh, technical department or the church sing properly or the anointing of God is very strong on the place. And so because of that, I just want to see the drama that the church is going to do. Or I just want to come see the decoration. Or for some people, I want to see how mama looks like, how pastor looks like, or what is the best dress and the best trending. Sometimes some people come to church simply because of social hanging. But have we really taken the time for us to receive Christ? Have we taken the time to settle this God communication that we're talking about? He now says in verse 13, he says, Who we are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, which means flesh always have a way of communicating. He said, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When it talks about but of God, we're talking about the system, the strategy, the methodology that can compel your dominion and your rested life reality. And so because of that, I give you a definition of what, what we're talking about when it comes to the issue of this very particular barometer. What is a barometer? Last week, we talked about barometer as an instrument that is used. It's a scientific instrument that is used to measure the atmospheric pressure of a particular environment. Which means we, we now bring that very particular definition into our own dispensations and Christian. Now, what is the pressure that you have put? If they were to measure the prosperity you are complaining or the prosperity you want to enjoy. What is the pressure if they bring a barometer to measure your confession concerning prosperity? Will your confession match up to the reality that will compel heaven to respond to you? Because it's one thing for you to make a confession. It's another thing for you to believe the confession that you are making. It's one thing for you to pray. It's another thing to believe the prayer that you are actually praying. It's one thing for you to bind the devil or to rebuke the devil. It's another thing for you to believe that very particular word in which you are saying. And so because of that tonight, we'll be looking at the part two of this concept called barometer. Because I remember last week, what's called last week Thursday, we gave you, we, we, we came up with a word with an acronym so that you then don't forget this very particular thing. And the acronym we looked for last week Thursday, which was the B part. I will not be able to go through everything and I want to encourage you for those of you who today is your first time of, of streaming either on platform Facebook or probably on YouTube or maybe on the radio side, whatever platform in which you're using to listen to us at this very particular I want to encourage you. Please take out a time for you to go on the part one, which was last week Thursday and so that you can then begin to get every view. Because today I will just be getting straight into the A part. Remember, barometer is spelled B-A-R-O-M-E-T-E-R. -E -E and so there is an acronyms that we're using tonight on this very particular series so that you can be able at any point in time for you to compel a certain reality, you know what to do. And so last week we talked about the concept of the B. What is the B? The B there means buried in Christ, which means the B there is Every born again child of God, you have been buried with Christ until you capture that memo that I have been buried, which means the old darling thing that you used to know, the old Kanye said that you used to know, the old Bongani that you used to know, that, bad, that very particular Bongani or whoever, that person has been buried in Christ. And so because you've been buried in Christ, you have been risen with him in righteousness. 
So which means every fault of the past, every errors of the past, every mistake of the past, every Adamic nature of sin that was, what's called, that was accorded to you simply because you were born into that nature. The day you confessed Jesus Christ, you were partaker of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so because of that, we look at certain scripture just to be able to enforce that reality that we have been buried in Christ. We look at Romans chapter 6 from verse 3 to verse 6, where he says in verse 4, I'm fast about this part because I need to get straight into my point too. I'm fast about this very particular part. Romans chapter 6 from verse 4, the Bible says, he said, therefore we were buried with him through the baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, he said, even so, we also walk in the newness of life. So until your understanding captures this reality, that you have, you have now been awakened into the consciousness of Christ, I promise you, the provision is there, but until your understanding captures that no, there is no way generational cause can sit in my body. There is no way because if Christ was buried, every sin nature, every causes and every effect of the sin nature, it was buried in Christ. And this scripture makes us to understand that you also, when you make the confession that Jesus is Lord, that very particular mystery that happened, you were the one who partake in that. And so when you understand that reality, that because I've been buried in Christ, I no longer live. It is now the newness of Christ that lives in the inside of me. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, if any man be in Christ, if any man is buried in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, which means your kind has never existed before. Ah, I need to put an emphasis on this. The day you gave your life to Christ, I know you still look like the way you look like before. I know you still have your pointed nose or probably your ear is as big like my own or maybe you have a big eye like my own or your head is big like mine. But your spirit man changed. Which means the moment you gave your life to Christ, they brought what you call your DNA automatically was altered from the nature of sin into the nature of a new species in Christ where your kind has never existed. A blank slate was given to you. A slate that you can use to rewrite the newness of what you want to experience. Your identity changed. The identity of the nature of sin. It was changed to the identity of life where ability for you to make possibility possible. It was accorded to you. But until you be able to capture that very particular reality, you may not be able to actualize the full potential of what that entails. And I remember we talk about some of the benefits. The benefit there is the fact that when one of the benefits I remember very well is the fact that when that happened, you are now seated far above principalities. Yes, I like that, Ketiwe. You are buried in Christ. You don't exist. You are buried in Christ. And so, because you are now seated far above principalities, which means there is no devil that can come and meet you and be able to negotiate anything. Or there is no devil that can come and talk to your ear. Because that's the thing for me, I get, I get I, I, I surprised. Because why? The Bible makes me to understand that light and darkness does not have anything in common. We don't have anything in common. And so when I hear people say, and the devil comes to speak to me, I am quick to wonder, bruh, like, no, I think let's ask you a question. Are you sure you're born again? Because I don't understand where you hear to hear about this devil. Like, I, I, I don't understand. I, I cannot hear devil. It's not possible. The Bible says rebuke the devil. It didn't say speak to the devil. 
Rebuild. That's why when I see some certain ministries and co whereby they come up with Nollywood movies and stuff, whereby there's a lot of dramas and co that goes there. You just you just look at it like calm down, man. In fact, you you don't you don't you don't need those very particular drama. You don't need those things. Because why? The Bible says rebuke the devil. Which means the only thing you can rebuke the devil, it's as simple as saying, You come into the house, for instance, as you enter into that very particular house, there is darkness. You turn on your light. You know that you've paid ESCOM. You're not owing ESCOM. Okay, South Africa, for those who are listening outside of South Africa, um, ESCOM is the, what's it called, electricity company that provides electricity for us in this country. You come into your house. You know that you have paid the bill. As long as you know there is no low shedding, because there's another new devil called low shedding. Yo, you don't understand. As long as you know there's no low shedding, the moment you press your switch on, do you know that the darkness in the house does not need to argue with you? You own the switch ability for you to press the switch and that is what it means when now that you are seated far above principality which means because he is now under your feet you can speak any you can speak rudely to the devil and there is no way he must hear you because why you are now buried in christ i remember i gave you guys an example last week whereby i think i was using what's it called the devices i was holding where for instance let's say i'm trying to do this the illustration again let's say this is you now, this is Christ. You were buried in Christ like this. Because you've been buried in Christ like this. Now, when people want to look at you, they don't then see you. They see Christ. And because you've been buried in Christ and Christ in God. So, when people are looking at you as a believer, they are not seeing the you, Magdalene. They are not seeing the you, Ketiwe. They are not seeing the you, Kanyisa. They are not seeing even the me, Darlington. All they are seeing, they are seeing Christ. Or they are seen for, for let's, let's, even, let's even make it wide. They are seeing God. They are seeing God. You are the one thinking that they are seeing your limitation. You are the one thinking that they are seeing your weaknesses. You are the one thinking that they are seeing all the fault or maybe the lie you lie or the money you steal. You are the one thinking that very particular thing. Your nature already is God. And when you begin to capture that reality in your mind, there are some certain, for lack of a better word, effect of sins or the effect of the nature of sin that you cannot do because you now know that I am God. And because you are God, the ability for you to lie will not be in view. The ability for you to fornicate will not be in view. The ability for you to, to want to cut corners will not be in view. The ability for you to add extra zero on that very particular, what you call, either salary or tender or contract will not be in view. Because why? You are buried in Christ. And when men look at you, they see God. With that being said tonight, let's quickly look at our point number two. Because I don't want to waste time on that part. For those of you who missed that very particular point one, I promise you it's a very beautiful one. It's so beautiful to the point that we actually did a meditation, we made a confession that, that because we are Christ, our life flows endless. Because Christ is endless, we also have the endless life of Christ. And I remember we were speaking some certain things into reality. You need to go to that very particular part one so that you can then be able to understand what we talked about. And so part two this moment, let's look at part two. Part two, we're looking at the concept of the A. Remember, barometer is spelled B-A-R-O-M-E-T-E-R. Please write it because that's what we'll be focusing on this series that we are going to do. I hope I'll be able to finish the series probably like next week Thursday. I mean, next week Thursday. But this very particular one, let's look at the A this moment. What is the A? The A here means attention or attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. Attention or attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. You see, my dear beloved family, this is one thing I want you to understand. 
The moment Christ exited this earth, there was a new governor or probably a new president that is currently sitting on this earth for us as a believer. And his name is called the Holy Spirit. The one that, the one that was put um, as the intermediary, for lack of a better word, to be able to communicate the things of the Spirit for your life uh, and to be able to echo that reality in heaven. And so an average born-again child of God must be able to operate seamlessly, operate flawlessly, and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. The ability for you to be attentive. If you notice, I'm not saying for you to be able to now begin to, to call forth. Because by default, the kind of people I'm talking to tonight, by default, you should have been able to hear that name, the Holy Spirit. If you are not part of the people who actually have heard the name Holy Spirit, he is the guy that God has brought. I call him the guy because why? He is not a thing. And this is where we missed it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will be speaking to us. We keep saying, no, that is something that told me I should not turn on that very particular street. And that because I did not listen to that thing. So if you call him a thing, that's why you are not getting the best and the fullness. He is a person like Jesus. But this very particular Holy Spirit, he has been encrypted like a microchip. The kind of SIM card that in which you have, you put inside your phone. Do you know that the possibility of your SIM card, what's called, is dependent on the understanding of what the phone can carry. Which means if you put a SIM card right now, the SIM card you are using, put it in a Nokia 3310. That is if the phone is still available. I don't know if the phone is still existing. Put that SIM card into a Nokia 310. And on that very particular phone, you will discover that the, all the things that the SIM card can do, possibility may on the only, what's called the green light, an ability for you to type test message that will take you forever to get there. But take that same SIM card. Put the SIM card into a, for lack of a better word, into a iPhone whatever or a Samsung whatever. You know, there's a lot of phones now to the point that I lost count. Take that same SIM card. Put it on this sophisticated phone that we have now. All of a sudden, you now discover that the SIM card carries a possibility to lock into www.platformchart.co.za. But on a Nokia 310, the phone could not be able to, make the SIM card could not pull that possibility. The same thing also applies with the Holy Spirit. Your understanding of the SIM card called the Holy Spirit on your inside of you will determine if you'll be able to log on to www.godchannel.co.za or you'll be able to log into www.theproblemsoflife.co.za because why? Until your understanding captures the reality and the function of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be looking at some of the functions tonight. What are the functions of the Holy Spirit? The benefits of having this very particular Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And what are the things that the Holy Spirit has compelled for us to be able to route? And so with that being said tonight, let's look at our test on this very particular point. Attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. Attentiveness. See, my dear, I'll say this with all apologies to whoever wants to take the apology. If you don't have a walk with the Holy Spirit, forget it. You are not the son or daughter of the Most High God. I'll say it. Because the Bible says, He said, for as many that are led, He said, to them are called the sons and daughters. For as many that are led. So some people are seated in church, not being led. But as many that are led, He said, to them, He said, He gave power. So for as many that are led, you make us to understand also that they are the sons and the daughter of God. But let's look at John chapter 14, verse 16 to 21. Quickly, John 14, 16 to 21. The Bible says here, John 14, 16 to 21, and also verse 28. The Bible says here, it says, and I will, it says, and I will pray to the Father. 
He said, he shall give you another comforter. He said that he may abide with you for what? Forever. Which means the Holy Spirit is here to abide with you forever. You are the one that thinks that the Holy Spirit come in in the morning, disappear in the afternoon, show up in the evening and in the night when you are sleeping, he's on public holiday. He said he will abide with you forever. He now says in verse 17, he said, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seems, not, seems him not, neither knoweth him. He said, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Do you see where the position where the Holy Spirit is? He shall be in you. He now says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Which is talking about the place of right, what's called rapture. Now in verse 19, he now says, he says, yet a little while. He says, the word seeth me no more. But you see me because I live. You shall live also. He said, at the day you shall know that I, that I am in my father and ye are in me and I in you. He said, he that hath my commandment and keepeth them. He said, that is that loves me. Which means ability for you to take the commandment of God and keep them. He says, you love him. He said, and he that loveth me shall be. He says, I'll be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself in him. How will he manifest himself in him? Well, let's see verse 26. He said, but the comforter, Karoto Shabrata. He said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things whatsoever I said unto you. Which means one of the functions of this very particular Holy Spirit is ability for him to bring all things about God into our remembrance. And that is the thing for me I keep, I like saying. I say just because of the works of the Holy Spirit on your inside, the ability for you not to be stranded at any point in time. Yes, the believers can go through challenges. See, trust me, it is not unscriptural for the believer not to go through challenges. But it is anti-covenant for the believer to be defeated by challenge. I'll repeat it again. It is not unscriptural. It is not unspiritual un, un, un for the believer not to go through challenges. It is normal for us to go through challenges. But it is anti-covenant for you to be defeated by that very particular challenge. And so this moment, the force of the Holy Spirit on your inside, the ability to be attentive to the Holy Spirit, because he is now the custodian. He carries the mysteries and the power of God. Most of the miracles in which you see, some of the happenings in which you see around people's life is because be, be patient enough for you to check. You will find out that they have a work with the Holy Spirit. They have a connectivity with the Holy Spirit. They have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Ability for them to know what to do at every point in time. Ability for them to know what step to take at every point in time. For those of you who are platform family, you know that sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to me concerning you specifically and I will come communicate it exactly like it is. And you all know sometimes majority of you then respond and say, yes, pastor, I hear you. That is what I'm going through and stuff. How do you think I get that? I get that based on my relationship with the Holy Spirit. The ability for me to be attentive. He speaks clearly the way you hear me talk. The same way you hear me talk, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. And he says here, he said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he said, he will teach you all things. I like the all things there. 
the all things there has an S are the things, which means everything and anything. He will teach you how to be able to invest in that very particular stock market. He will teach you how to be able to know what to pray and what place to stay. He will teach you what companies to go and walk into. He will give you direction what business proposal you need to sign on the way you don't need to sign. He will be able to awake you at the middle of the night and tell you, my dear daughters or my dear son, there is somebody that is calling your name on an evil water. Stand up and declare because why? The ability for him to teach you all things. That responsibility has been given to him. And so which means your relationship with the Holy Spirit determines what you pull off on this very particular earth. You see things that people are routing. Ask them quickly. I remember one of God's mentors, one of God's servants, that I so much respect, I mean respect in the body of Christ. One of them, the likes of Bishop David Abioye. He says something that I, that I, I think I posted it about two, two, two days ago or yesterday. I can't even remember. He says something. Don't be quick to celebrate my glory. The success of every man is in the story in which I mean in the story in which they, they, they've been able to overcome. Which means don't be quick to look at the things that I am doing currently. Be very fast for you to read my story because lies in there. That is where the glory and the result for this for this very particular thing that you are seeing. The ability for you to understand the workings of the Holy Spirit on your inside. And so because of that, one of the things I which I put here, I say your relationship with the Holy Spirit is a very pivotal to your dominion and your rested life reality. Obviously, it's a very pivotal thing. It is a non-negotiable stuff that you need to do. It is not something that you need to do it out from the position of feelings. It is something that you need to settle and say, come, I cannot be stranded the way I'm stranded. I cannot be allowing life to beat me as if I am a child. Ability for me to know what to do. The person of the Holy Spirit empowers that very particular creativity. And so because of that, my question I want to ask you this moment. What is your relationship with this man called the Holy Spirit? What's your relationship with him? Are you having a drive-through relationship with the Holy Spirit? Or you are actually packed and stationed with him? Are you having a drive-through relationship? Which means one minute you communicate, what the next minute you are not there. You know how you go to McDonald's. I like it in case you are wondering. I like McDonald's. That chips just makes sense. I don't know why. That's my own McDonald's. I will come back and charge you for my invoice. I like that very particular place because why? I mean, they have an option of drive-through. In fact, most of all the restaurants, if I'm not mistaken, have an option of drive-through. But the thing about drive-through is the fact that the limited option of what is available is always on drive-through. Have you noticed? The full menu is always not on the board on drive-thru. The real menu, if you want to see the varieties of what that very particular store have, go inside that very particular shop and see. All of a sudden, you now begin to discover that I, I can actually buy the chips, not the small one, but I can buy extra, extra large. Because why? The majority reason why many of us in the body of Christ, we are having a drive-thru result is because we are operating with the Holy Spirit with a drive-thru mentality. Where you only come to meet him when there's a problem. But when he needs you to fellowship with him, when he needs you for you guys to talk, when he needs you for you guys to project together, say, Holy Spirit, calm down. He say, just relax. I will call you when I need you. And because he's so gentle, the Holy Spirit is so calm. He's not a gra gra guy. He's so gentle to the point that by the time you tell him, I just, just stay your lane, I stay my lane, he respects you. But when you now need him at that point, because now you, do you notice something where you need the Holy Spirit? You always need the Holy Spirit at the last minute.com. And so because you came in late, you will have to pay the price. And sometimes it comes with a bruise that you actually don't need. So my question again, are you having a drive-through relationship with the Holy Spirit? And my final question I want to ask you, do you have a consciousness of his presence in you, in your walk, in your life? Do you have the consciousness of that? 
because it is the consciousness of the person of the holy spirit that determines your stability on planet earth one of the things you've heard me said too well for those of us who are platform family i say your position and your posture in christ determines what is available for your taking or what is available for your command your position and your posture in christ determines what is available for your taking and what is available for your command your posture with the works of the holy spirit on your inside your understanding of this person called the holy spirit see let me just say this because the holy spirit is trying to remind me of this see holy spirit is not the person whereby you only consult him for a miracle signs and wonder because as a church we've turned him for an emergency situation when there's an emergency holy spirit please come through for me you know holy spirit you know now all of a sudden now you are now trying to even cram the last passage you read in the bible which was about two years and two months ago because you know that you're having a drive that's not the drive to relationship that's like that's like out relationship because you don't even know where the last time you call him because why the holy spirit wants to have a life he wants to have a for lack of better word the holy spirit is like for those of you who are married the holy spirit is like your wife no wonder no wonder i think joshua selma once said it and i, and I so much like that very particular story he said the reason why the woman is called the she and the helper is because the holy spirit is also like the woman which is the helper she's a comforter she's an advisor she's a promoter she's your cheerleader the same thing also the same way the way the woman has been stationed that is how the Holy Spirit also is stationed. That is why the Holy Spirit is always what's called positioned as a she. It's always positioned as a she. Because why? It carries the attribute, the characteristics, and the formula of a woman. That's why when I see people who abuse women, I wonder, if you abuse your wife as a husband, my, my, my issue that I want to ask you, what's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because if your relationship with the Holy Spirit is so strong, you, your hand to hit your wife cannot be in view. In fact, the hand will cut before trying it because you understand that the woman is as, what's called, the Holy Spirit is as one with the woman. If you want to, like what's called, Apostle Selman once said, if you want to understand the function of the Holy Spirit, he said, check women. They can multitask. The Holy Spirit can multitask. Send the Holy Spirit for him to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to help you do this business here in Timbuktu. I need this very particular thing to be, at that point you put it, the Holy Spirit doesn't get confused, doesn't get tired. He comes through for you exactly. The same thing also applies with the woman. Let's look at the book of Matthew chapter 10 from verse 19 and 20. Matthew 10, 19 and 20, still on the concept of the Holy Spirit. Remember the point A, attentiveness or attention to the person of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 10 from verse 19 and 20. The Bible says here, he said, but when they have, I mean, when they hand you over, he said, do not worry. Do not think what you will say to them. He said, for I will give you in that hour what to say. He said, for it is not you who will speak, but the spirit of my father who speaks in you. My question to you tonight, when you are confronted with that board meeting, who speak in that very particular board meeting? When they are about to fire you and you know too well that I have messed up at this very particular one, but I plead for mercy. Who speaks for you at that place? Or probably there is an injustice in your company, injustice in your marriage, injustice in your career, and all of a sudden you need something to be able to speak for you. Who speaks for you? The Bible says when you are confronted with stuff that you don't understand, when you are confronted with something that you don't know how to be able to pull, you say, chillax, calm down. Because why the Holy Spirit in you 
<laughs> not the Holy Spirit around you. Not the one you do a drive-through with. The one you have a relationship. The more you spend time with the Holy Spirit, the more you understand how he talks, the method he talks, the system he talks. In fact, you even know when the Holy Spirit is silent. You will know. Because why? You already have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just the same way I have a relationship and I have an understanding of my wife. I know when my wife is angry. I know when the annoyance is not my own annoyance because you know you, know you women. You, that's a certain annoyance that is not the husband's own. You know this one, I am not included. And sometimes I remember I, I like cracking joke with my wife. Now when some certain things happen, I'm like, babe, my hand is not there. My hand is not there. And she just laughs. I'm like, no, but I didn't blame you. I'm like, no, I'm just giving myself a disclaimer. Because why? I have formed a deeper relationship with my wife to the point that if she has headache, that's how much my own, I don't know about you men, but my own. If she has headache, my headache also starts. As a matter of fact, I even pray with the headache, take the headache, go into the courtroom of heaven, kill the headache. That's how much I have formed the same kind of understanding. The same, the same way you know that guy, the same way you know that lady, is the same way you should be able to build a relationship where you know the person of the Holy Spirit. Because we are very quick for us to know our partners and our spouse. But the Holy Spirit that can sustain all intelligence, that can give you the information of what is happening in your spouse's life. Because let's be honest, not everything your partner will tell you. But your relationship with the Holy Spirit will make you know, ah, nah man, my wife is not happy. Or ah, nah man, my wife, <laughs> I need to go and buy flour. Or I need to go and buy chocolate. As simple as that. The Holy Spirit wants to work with you on that part. He now says in the book of John chapter 16, John chapter 16, from verse 12 to verse 14, we're still talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. The reason why I'm taking my time and I'm slow with this very particular context is the fact that my wife has warned me. She said, babe, you talk fast, one, and two, your scriptures are plenty. So I'm trying to minimize the scripture so that everybody can be able to capture one reality. You know, my wife, I think somebody once said to me, and I'm, I'm just using this one to just, to just celebrate her. Somebody once said to me, say, Darlington, you preach to the world. <laughs> your wife take your world message and arrange it and preach to her people. <laughs> so I'm learning her style now. I'm learning her style. I'm learning it. You guys will begin to see how I adopt some of her style. Like whereby she asks you people to read the Bible and all those things. We'll get there. John chapter 16, verse 12 to verse 14. The Bible says here, He said, I still have many things to say to you. He said, but you cannot bear them now. Ah. You see, when I, when I read the scripture, I just felt a, a pain in my heart. What is the pain? The Holy Spirit wants to say, Jesus, I mean, wants to say a lot of things to us as believers. A lot of things. But the only way he can communicate that very particular thing, I will show you from the scripture. Let's continue. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He said, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he said, he will guide you into all truth. He said, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will teach you all things to come. He said, he will glorify me. He said, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. He will take off what is mine. And this is the thing that I want to put as a pointer here is this. The Holy Spirit will never tell you things of the devil. He has no knowledge, he has no approval, he has no authority of that. You know why people come? You know, the Holy Spirit told me that there is a devil that is coming from Timbuktu or from my village and stuff. No, let's look at the scripture again because until we understand this, and these are the things whereby this is how to hear from God. Now, because the Holy Spirit had the understanding, he has a relationship with the, with the Trinity, which is God the Father, the Son, and him, the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the thing here. Let's read, let's read, verse, let's read verse 13 of John chapter 16, verse 13. 
so that you can understand how the Holy Spirit communicates. Because he says here, he says, however, when he, which is the person of the Holy Spirit, he says, when he comes, he says, he will guide you into all truth. Who is the truth? The person of Christ. He said he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, which means the Holy Spirit has no right to come and tell you things that is not of Christ. He said he will not speak of his own what? Authority. He said, but whatever he hears, which means the Holy Spirit have a listening ear to know what happens, what Jesus is saying at the moment. That is why I keep telling to people, I said I serve a God that keep constantly talking. If the last time you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you was in 2020, 2010, let me not go far, 2010, there is something wrong with your relationship. I bet you there is something wrong with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks all the time. Have you, have you actually take your phone and make a call and you are calling somebody at the other end and the person was quiet? Hey, but not. No. Even in the quietness of the Holy Spirit, he still talks. He still the possibility that he's trying to rebuke you, to remind you, for you to go and do something and stuff. So maybe he wants you to go and pay some certain bills that you don't want to pay the bills and stuff. And he looks at you like, that, that's where your blessing is. So if you don't want to go back, then that's okay. And so he will remind you because while reminding is constantly telling you what you need to do before he gives you new revelation or gives you new distance. He says, yeah, because I want us to get this one right. He now says here, he said, but he would, he, what, whatever he hears, he said he will speak. He said he would tell you of things to come. Now verse 14, now make it very interesting. He said he will glorify me. Which means the Holy Spirit will glorify Christ. He has no business with the devil. He has no business with generational cause. He has no business with enemy of our father's house and stuff. The Holy Spirit business is to tell you the way out in Christ. If it is not founded in Christ, I bet you. That's why if you hear any man of God, and this is me saying it now humbly and respectfully to all the men of God currently streaming or those that will stream later on. If you hear any man of God come and say to you that the Holy Spirit said to me that I should tell you that you should go and carry a goat from your village. The goat must have six horns, 12 beard, 16 eyes, and 14 legs and cut that very particular distance. Put it in river 246 and my friend run away. That is a Sangoma. He's not a Holy Spirit. He's not a pastor. He's a Sangoma. Because why? The Holy Spirit will never communicate that way. He will always speak the truth in Christ. He will always speak the truth in Christ. He said he will glorify me. He said he will take what is mine and declare them to you. He will take what is mine. So the question that I need to ask you tonight, what are the things of Christ that you have spent time with the Holy Spirit that he can take from Christ and give them to you? What are the things? One of the things in which I put here. I said we are living in the days of the manifestation and the working of the Holy Spirit and your revelational knowledge based of the truth present in you will help you navigate throughout all the challenges and circumstances of life. Your, your working knowledge, your revelational knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit. See, the ability for you to understand the Bible, the ability for you to divide the Bible, like the Bible says, in truth, which means you can wrongly divide it. He said dividing it. He said rightfully dividing. Can only be empowered and be guaranteed by your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He also makes us to understand here. We see that in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 8. Still on the concept of the Holy Spirit. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 8. He says here. He says, but ye shall receive power. He say what? When the Holy Spirit is come upon you. So which means ability for you to operate in the power dimensions of God can only be sponsored by the Holy Spirit. 
ability for you to rebuke the devil and they hear you can only be sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Ability for you to manifest left, right, and center can only be sponsored by the Holy Spirit. He says here, he said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he said, and you shall witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now let's look at this very particular work quickly because of my time. Benefit of the Holy Spirit in us. What are the benefits? Let's look at a few benefits that we need to understand. The few benefits of the Holy Spirit. Because this very particular class, I'm trying to just take my time so that we can be able to drive this very particular thing. Remember, our core text for this very particular, um, what you call it, um, point, which is attention, attentiveness, is in the book of John chapter 16. from I mean, John 14 from verse 16 to 28. But let's look. What is the benefit of the Holy Spirit in us? Because you know, it, it has a benefit. If, if I don't know a benefit of a particular thing, I have no business doing it. But that's me. Maybe because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm always doing this very particular thing in, in, the, in a form of trading. Uh, it's, it's a trading thing for me. If you want me to do something, what is in it for me? For God to send his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die was a trading. If you die for us, which means ability for you, Christ, to pay the price, which means we get more of the people who will believe. Because why? It's an investment. He has invested his son into your life. And so because of that, he's entitled for investment also from you to him. It's life. It's an investment. Now, let's see. What is the benefit of the Holy Spirit in us? Number one, he gives us the gift of tongues. The ability for us to speak tongues. And when it comes to the issue of speaking in tongues, this is one of the things that I want to say to you. If you're not speaking in tongues currently now, trust me, see, it's a scriptural principle for you too. I've sat down with a couple of guys whereby they have a problem with this speaking in tongues. Like, ah, you guys just talk nonsense. I said, the reason why it is nonsense for you is because you don't understand the sense behind the none. That's why it's called nonsense for you. Because if you understand the sense in the non, then you will know that there is a sense in this very particular thing that we're talking about. The Holy Spirit, the ability for you to communicate in the language of the heavens, to communicate in the language of the Holy Spirit. When you speak in tongues, when there's a circumstances that are on ground, and because you've been baptized with the gift of speaking in tongues, you look at that devil, and the devil is tormenting your finance, and you begin to lambano in the spirit. When you keep saying that all of a sudden, because you are coming communicating the heavenly language the angels know what you are saying they carry it straight like a Korea that has no delay into the portal of heaven and bring your, your what's called bring your answer immediately you can find that in the book of act of the apostle chapter 2 verse 4 act of the apostle chapter 2 verse 4 because why you see it's funny whereby majority of us as believers we seems to be selective when it comes to some certain things about God we choose what we feel is beneficiary for us but you forget to understand that for you to be able to experience the all of God, you must be able to do the all of his principle. I'll repeat it again. For you to be able to enjoy the all of God, you must be able to do the all of his principle. For you to say, God, I want all of you. Are you willing to give him all of you? You want all of God. Are you willing to give him the all of you? And that's where the problem is. When it comes to certain things, no... God, I like this one. This one, I don't want this one. This one, it's okay. It's fine. And yet, you are wondering why some certain aspect of your life, it is being buffeted and being beaten down by the devil. It says here, in Acts of the Apostle, chapter 2, verse 4. It says, and when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Which means they were speaking in tongues. 
the first time we saw the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, before the laying of hand, before the miracles, before anything of the Holy Spirit, the first thing there was ability for them to communicate the language of the heavens. Ability for them to communicate the language of the angels. That was the first empowerment that they received. Which means, number one benefit, the ability for you to speak in tongues. Are you currently now, you are sitting, and you are saying that, Pastor, I didn't know that this is a benefit that is in the Holy Spirit, and I want to receive this. By the time we finish this service, I will specifically pray for you. And I know too well the God that baptized me with this very particular gift of tongues, that same God also will baptize you with one tonight in the name of Jesus. What else again is our point, our benefit? Benefit number two, because I don't want to spend more time on this very particular point. Benefit number two, he leads and directs. He leads and direct. There are some certain directions and leadings that you need. It can only come from the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not from something or that thing or a particular feelings. It's a person called the Holy Spirit. He leads and direct. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14. He said, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God. It's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. For as many that are led by the Spirit. The day you were going for that interview, were you led by the Spirit? When you were marrying that very particular guy, were you led by the Spirit or you were going by your emotion? When you were choosing that very particular business, were you led by the Spirit or you were going by your emotion? He said, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God. He said, these are the sons of God. For as many that are led, which means the Holy Spirit carried the capacity to lead you on what to do at every point in time. Everything that you see, for instance, with your church, it is being led by the Holy Spirit. I don't just wake up to do anything simply because I have the feelings. No. I wake up to do it because I'm led by God. If God, the Holy Spirit did not lead me to take any action, regardless of who the person is on planet Earth, I have no business obeying. Because why? I know that my accountability is to the person of God. And the Holy Spirit, God and Christ, they are all one. And so the moment I disobey the leadings, I will pay dearly. For that very particular thing. He leads. He directs. Now that you know this. What is that very particular idea that you want to be able to. That, that idea that you want it to materialize. That level of dimension you want to operate in the Holy Spirit. That level of access. That level of manifestation. You want to be able to pull off when it comes to your relationship with the Father. Are you currently seeking the leading of the Holy Spirit? Or you are trying to do it by your feelings or emotions? He also says in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verse 29, we saw that very particular with the story of Philip. You don't need to go there. Where Philip, by the Bible says, he says, and the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord appeared unto Philip and led what he called Philip into the place for him to go and preach to that very particular, what's called Ethiopian eunuch. The ability for him, he was led there. He was led there. We also see it also when it comes to the apostles, when they were all praying at the upper room, and the Bible says, and the Spirit said unto them, separate me Paul and Barnabas. Because why? He always lead. He knows. See, the reason why sometimes the business in which you are doing, you are not pulling a certain effect, the question I need to ask you, are you being led to do that thing? Or you are doing it by your spirit? Point number three. What is again is the benefit of the Holy Spirit in us? What is the benefit of the Holy Spirit in us? Point number three. He gives us power to cast out devils. He gives us power to cast out devils. The devils we're talking about here, that includes the stubborn one, the one from your village, and the one from the mountaintop, and the one that you don't even know that exists. 
he gives us power to cast out devils. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Matthew 12, 28. It says here, he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Say, but if I cast out demons by what? By the Spirit of God. The moment you cast out that devil, they obey you because the devil knows that you are communicating from a dimension and there is a person of the Holy Spirit that is resident on your inside. Point number four, quickly. What is again? Is the fact that he releases power through us. He releases power, which is ability for us to be, to be a carrier of God's power, where you dispense power at will. Ability for you to be able to release powers at will. We can also find that in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Luke 4, verse 14. Number 5 at this moment. He gives a new bath. A new bath in Christ. The Holy Spirit at the point of salvation. It was the Holy Spirit that empowers you. For you to make that very particular believer's confession. For you to step out among the crowd and to come before the Father. And say, Father, I am sorry. Have mercy upon me. The Holy Spirit empowers you. As much as your consciousness was awakened to the reality that no, I'm a sinner. He took over that very particular, what's called, spirit of yours. And began to say, yes, you are a sinner. Go out and make the confession. Now that you've confessed, I am resident on your inside. And because we don't, we are not awakened to that reality. All of a sudden, because we've not practiced it, it goes quiet on our inside. John chapter 3, 5 and 8. John chapter 3, from verse 5 and 8. He says here, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and what? Of the Spirit. The water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 8 now says, The wind blows where, where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from. He says, or where it goes. He says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So, which means ability for you to be very, for lack of better word, to be mystical. Ability for you to be mysterious. Where the people of this world cannot understand the happenings around you. Because why? You are born of the Spirit. Remember in point one which we talk, you were buried in Christ. Now you were born of the Holy Spirit. Where you dispense miracle signs and wonder as if you had opening water from your tap. Where people are looking at you, they can see the result, but they don't know how the result come from. Because why? You are operating from the place of the Holy Spirit. Where you go into a market that is not profitable, and because you are there, the market profits. Where you go into a company, and they are firing everybody, your name was written on the list. But because you know that the person of the Holy Spirit on your inside and he said to you stay there then when they are announcing the people to be fired and your name for certain reason just get wiped off because why he gives birth to new you he gives birth to new you he says in this book of second Corinthians 5 17 if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things have passed away and behold all things have become new the ability for everything to become new via the force of the Holy Spirit on your inside is being powered by this reality. And the final point I'm going to mention here because of my time so that I can then look at another, another point in terms of our barometer acronyms is here, is the fact that he gives spirit. I mean, I mean he is spirit and he is a life giver. He is a spirit and he is a life giver. Which means he can be able to transform your life. 
We can see that in the book of Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. And also we can find that also in verse 10. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1 and 10. Let me quickly read this one before I go to my point number 3. Romans 8, 1 and 10. The Bible says here, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but what according to the Spirit. So the moment you begin to capture the reality that the Holy Spirit, that you have a union with Him, which means all your fleshy desire, all the things that keep speaking to you, all the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes, they all met away that we see in verse 10. It says, and if Christ is in you, and the body is dead because of sin, say, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The Holy Spirit in you is life because of righteousness. Imagine this understanding that the Holy Spirit is life. And you take this understanding into a dead situation in your life. Because you know that you are the carrier of life. That the Holy Spirit is on your inside. The Holy Spirit, you are one with the Holy Spirit. You have a union, a relationship, a knowing, a understanding. And you take that thing and you communicate with the Holy Spirit. You look at your child who the doctor has said to you. That your child will never come out from this very particular coma. Or your child will never get healed. Or your child will never be okay again. And because you carry this understanding. And you look at the situation. It says here that but the Holy Spirit is is life not is death the holy spirit is life what are you going to say to that circumstances because remember this very particular barometer talk we're talking about we are giving you understanding your responsibility understanding what it takes for you to pull all the effect the ability to understand that the holy spirit is life if it's life which means indirectly you have a life on your inside now it is time to dispense life. You are life. It is time to dispense life. It is time for everyone that is around you to begin to experience life. Where all of a sudden, because you know that the person of Christ and the Holy Spirit resident on you, the Bible says the fullness of the Godhead. When it talks about the Godhead, it talks about the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. He says he dwells in you, in your mortal body. Imagine what, the, imagine what you will pull off when you go to your neighbor and your neighbor's child is sick, the confidence for you to approach that problem, it will, be very, it will be so much to the point that your neighbor would think that you've just done magic, for lack of a better word. Because why? You now understand that you carry life. Let's quickly look at our point number three on the acronyms of barometer. Point number three, which is the R now. What is R? The R there means reliable. The put reward reliable. Now, what is reliable? A reliable prayer life. Fasting, an ability for you to engage on soul winning. Not something that you pray today, tomorrow you don't pray. A reliable prayer life. A reliable fasting life. A reliable life of soul winning. That will compel that very you see these very particular three things I mentioned under the word of reliable. It can compel any possibility that you want to see. We know too well that prayer is a communication to God. Fasting, pull a dimensions of God for you. And soul winning makes your feet beautiful. Where everywhere you step into things, just work out for your good. And we'll look at it this very particular moment. One of the things in which I put here. I said here, beloved, prayer, prayers are God-authorized channel to communicate with him. Especially now that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. 
It's God-authorized channel. See, prayer is not coming to complain. Prayer is coming, picking a scripture that you have found that is your promise and abandoning that reality back to God via the help of the Holy Spirit. Through what? Through prayers. One of the things in which I put here, I say how to pray. Method of praying. And praying with the, with the promise found in scripture. Now, which means, let's look at the concept of how to pray. Because I'm trying for me to make it simple. Because one of the things we do as a church, we are all about simplifying the process, creating realities, and as much as possible, provide the solution in which you need. You see, a lot of people have talked about prayers in different dimensions. And, and I want to give you my own simple understanding of prayers. Prayer is ability to just talk to God. It's as simple as that. Just talk to him. Just come. Lord, I know that this is not going well for me. Things are very hard. I trust your provision. Your word says in the book of XYZ and stuff that if I call on your name, you are going to answer me. And the moment now, that is prayer. From the position of what you know. So number one, there with the question of how to pray. How do you pray? Number one, you pray from the position of the Christ in you. You now know Christ is in me. That's how you pray. You pray from the position of the Christ in you. Not from the place that you are confused, lost, and you don't even know what to do. From the position of the Christ in you. The position of the Christ in you. That's from the point in which you pray from. The position of the Christ in you. The Christ in you. The Bible says the Christ in you is the hope of glory. The Christ in you. That is how to pray. So which means when you are coming, you look at the scripture. What is the provision that is available for me for this very particular case? Now, you now use that very particular provision and echo it back to the Father. That is how to pray. You don't come and begin to shout, Yomo, Chimo. That's for like those of you who watch the Nigerian movie. Yo, my life, oh, I don't die, I don't finish. Yo, it, it does not happen. It doesn't happen. Because even the angels and the Holy Spirit, that is, the Holy Spirit too is shocked. They are wondering, like, is this one, is this one, does this person understand what they carry on the inside? The angels that is around you is wondering that, do you know that you are one with God? Even when you are making that complaint, you are shouting and you are doing, Yomo, Chimo, and Ko. The, the courtroom of heaven, they go on post, they're wondering, they're looking at you. Okay. Well, we thought that we have our own comrade here, but clearly this is a wrong candidate. And because of your position, that your born-again status has given you access into that part. But because you are Indian, you don't know what to communicate that will make the judge hear you and to remove the devil for your sake. The courtroom will be proceeding, and yet your case is not being heard. Because why? You only pray from the position of Christ. What are the methods of prayer? There are different methods of prayer. There are prayer of intercession. They are prayers of warfare. They are prayers of interceding. They are prayers where you declare, I declare. They are prayers where you confess. You confess your state. You confess your position. You are reaffirming the place of who you are in Christ Jesus. The place of warfare where you are bringing down demonic attack and you are bringing down strongholds. You are casting out devils in the lives of people. Now, if the place of intercession, you are interceding for somebody, you are standing in the gap. Maybe one of your friends is sick and stuff and you dub your friend. At the moment, they are believers and they don't know how to come out of it. You are standing in the gap. So there are different methods of prayers. But regardless of all the method, there is one common denominator that can sustain all those methods of prayer to become a reality. I'm telling you what I do that produces result for me. Ability for you to be positioned in Christ. No matter what you want to command, if it's not in Christ, it is not in view. 
I'll say it again. No matter what you want to command on planet Earth, as a believer, if it is not in Christ, it cannot be in view. Number C question which I put here. Pray with the promise found in scripture. What have you found that is your own slingshot? Is what I call locate your slingshot. Locating your slingshot when you want to pray. There are some certain dimensions, it depends on, depend on the cases in which I'm currently facing. For example, one of the things in which I'm praying, and I believe that every platform church, I believe that you are praying that prayer. God, enlarge our territory. Enlarge our coast. And one of the scriptures in which I'm standing is a scripture of the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, and also Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4. How God grew the church supernaturally. The Bible says, and as they grew in the word of God, the church grew. And so because of that, I have located that scripture. And it has become my scripture. And I use that to pray from the position of Christ. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Because I know that God said he will build his church. And so all I do, I take the scripture, echo what he has said. God, you said that you are going to build your church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail. Lord, that is this gate of hell that is trying to come. Because the promise says the gate of hell shall not prevail. Lord, over platform church. I bind and I rebuke every gate of hell, every system. Do you notice that I locate what is mine? Echo it back to the Father. He is compelled to respond. Because why? I am saying to him what he has given me. And I have made it my scripture. And I am returning it back to him. What have you located concerning that very particular sickness? What have you located concerning that very particular lack? What have you located concerning that very particular unfruitfulness? What have you located concerning that very particular, for lack of a better word, whatever that you are currently going through? Everything in Christ that you are looking for has a scriptural backing for that. It says here, you must look for your scriptures. The reason why some of us, we get tired, or probably the reason why some of us, we don't find it very enjoyable for us to study our Bibles or to probably to spend time in God, is because we've not been able to understand that the time you open your Bible, you are not just reading the Bible because let me just make a tick of what. You are looking for promises from the scripture so that concerning any circumstances of your life, you know what to do at every point in time. There's a scripture that comes, for example, there's a popular scripture which I use all the time. When I know that I get stuck in the circumstances, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, before you know what is going on, my wife will tell you point blank. When I get to the end of things and I'm like, okay, no, this is common. The first thing I do, because I know that there's a scripture called 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I, I first and foremost commonize the problem, whereby the problem does not even give me sleepless nights at all. If I would look at the challenges of the church at the moment, it's enough to give me heart attack, high blood pressure, and whatever. But because I know this is common, then I remember God is faithful. He says he will not allow me to go through any trials and temptation without the capacity for me to be able to bear them. Because, so when it comes, I know I have the capacity. So I don't then need to be praying for strength. The capacity already is already within me. He says in the place of that, he says he will create a way of escape. Then the next thing I begin to focus, there is a way out. There is a way out. And as long as I echo that scripture back to the heavens, way burst out. That's how you pray. Simple. Because I don't want to come and start beginning to give you different version of prayers and stuff. I just want you to understand. Pray from the position of Christ. Locate a scripture that you have found and echo that very particular thing back to him. We see that in the book of how Jesus also prayed. In the book of Luke chapter 22 verse 44. Jesus prayed. He was a man of prayer. 
As a matter of fact, we all understand the last prayer point he made before he went, um, what's it called, into the cross, when he went to the cross was when he was at the Mount of Gethsemane. He prayed to the point that his sweat turned to blood. He was a man of prayer. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verse 44, he said, and being anguished, the Bible says he prayed more earnestly, which means it was not a prayer that, you know, just pray wherever you go, in two minutes you come out and you're like, yeah, it's okay. You know, God, you understand. You know, when you know, you now do the rested hand sign. You know, God, Pastor Darlington said it's our rested hand sign. You no, know, you understand. It's okay. Hey, the way the enemy will beat you, eh? you would think that it's a child's play. There is a prayer you will pray. The devil will appear. Ah! Dude, what are you doing? You tell him, get out of here. Because why? You know. You have broken a particular portal and the enemy is angry. And so because of that, they would, I was saying to my wife a few minutes before we started this very particular broadcast, I said to her, I said, there is a prayer place you pray to the point that the enemy will be so angry with you and he will want to make your position in the prayer. He will bust your tire. And when he bust the tire, you know, it's okay. This is common. You know you have breaking the particular portal. You don't allow that to get you because why? The enemy is after your faith. And so just because, and that's why some people, when I hear people complain, no pastor, I just finished praying and as I prayed and stuff, the enemy comes and attacked me and cries, I say then it's fine. You break a particular portal, so be it. Just let go. Don't let that thing argue you because yes, you have broken a particular level in the spirit realm. And so because of that, the enemies, they are very angry. One of the things, yeah, there are different times you can pray. A lot of people prefer to pray in the early hours because I see somebody is asking me a question now. Pastor, what time do, your time is good to pray. See, you can pray anytime. Let me just say, you can pray anytime. If you have the grace for you to wake up in the midnight for you to pray, why not pray? The powers of what's called, when you pray in the midnight, for example, for between the hour of 12 and 3, if you have the grace for you to do that, those are, those are, those are, those are spiritual times whereby the enemies also, they are awake at a very particular point. They are pulling their possibilities. And so ability for you to wake up at that time and to just pray, it's okay. But if you know that you are not those kind of people that wake up that, wake up that late, you're like, no, pastor, I want my beauty sleep. No, they're those beauty sleep people. Yeah, you just, but make sure that you have an effective life of prayer. Not you pray on Monday, the next minute we see you pray. I mean, not you pray on Sunday. The next minute we are talking about prayer is today, Thursday. No, you can't live that kind of life. You cannot live that kind of life. If you're looking for scripture also when it comes to the concept of prayers, Luke chapter 9 from verse 28 to 36. This was a story where Jesus took the disciples and they went at the top of the mountain to pray. Um, where the Bible says, and what's it called, Moses and Elijah, they appeared. He prayed to a particular point. That he pulled a porter of prayer people. Because Moses was a symbol of a man who was praying. The Bible says that Moses was at the top of the mountain for 40 days praying and seeking the face of God. And all of a sudden, he came down with a commandment. We saw a man called Elijah also. Even the book of James, the Bible calls to understand this is one man that even what you call the New Testament echo as a porter of prayer. He prayed so earnestly to the point that for three and a half years, the guy sees rain. Ah! He stopped rain. And Jesus prayed, pull those two people to come down. And all of a sudden, because why? He's making us to understand that prayer can change your countenance. Prayer, see, as a believer, please hear me. If you don't have a prayerful life, I don't know what life you have. Because we are currently in a battlefield. The moment you, before you even gave your life to Christ, there was already a battle. Now you now give your life to Christ, the battle becomes times two. Whoever lied to you, that the moment you give your life to Christ, that the battle will stop. They lied though. Let me help you. They lied. But the only thing I can tell you point blank is the fact that with us as Christ, the victory is guaranteed. And that's why when we engage any battles, we engage it from the mentality of victory. 
Because we know that Christ has given us the victory. We know that the victory has been ascertained. So because of that, when we pray and we engage the battle, we are not bothered because we know that the victory is certain. That is what makes us different from unbelievers. Unbelievers get panicked when trouble comes. But we as believers, when trouble comes, we rejoice. Because this is a time whereby we need to display and make the devil understand that we know our right and we know our voice. Our voice echo possibility. Because why? This is the thing I say to people when it comes to us as believers. And I'll say it to you now. Your God, when your God was introduced in the book of Genesis chapter 1, read it from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis, I mean Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. When your God showed up, boom, he met a problem. So why do you think that you will meet a problem? The Bible says in verse 2, it says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So which means the moment God appeared, boza, there was already a problem on ground. And you, you want, I know you want a rested life. The rested life is a reality and is guaranteed. But with that problem that is on ground, that is the you, with the force of righteousness and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you, you can compel that very particular problem to become a solution. And that's how the rest I am saying all this to you to enforce your rested life reality so that you don't panic when there is any problem that is happening. Because why? Rest is guaranteed. Ability to operate from rest. Because why? That for you to be able to come out of that very particular thing, the possibility is there. But the truth of it is this. Are you going to engage? I was saying to a daughter of mine this morning, we were both chatting and we are talking about some certain things. And if I, if I, if I share the story, you understand. Apparently, as a particular friend, of us who needed, who needed an intervention in what they are going through and stuff. And I was saying to her, I said, see, if the person is not willing to play their own part, please guide your emotions. Because people can wind you and run you dry. They can run you dry. They want to get the help, but they are not willing to engage for the help to become a reality. Prayer is part of the help that God has put as a system to be able to compel possibility for you. And so quickly, let me see if I can touch the place of fasting. Fasting quickly, because remember we talked about reliable prayers, fasting, and soul winning. What is the concept of fasting? I'll be fast with this, because I see my time is, is fast spent. Fasting. Fasting is not just a religious exercise. A lot of people think that, you know, fasting is, after a platform church, we do it on the first to on the third of every month. And just, just, just as a warning, and just, not a warning, just as an uh, announcement, from, from the first of May to on the 21st of May, We'll be having our 21 prayer, I mean 21 days prayer and fasting. And the theme of the month of May is called Manifestations Are Yours. And so we'll be insisting on a manifesting of a particular thing that you desire. So we'll be insisting and holding the heaven ransom for 21 days. And so I am using this one. For we'll be praying and fasting for 21 days. For those of you who are platform family, I've given you some method on how you can fast dependent on your strength and your capacity. But every one of us, and so we'll be streaming live at 7 p.m. Definitely it's not going to be 5.30 like this thing. So 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., one hour, we'll be lambanoing fasting. Because why? Fasting is not just a religious exercise. Fasting is an enforcement of God's system to compel and to enforce a reality to happen. And so this one will be going on a 21 days prayer and fasting. And so because of that, just to be able to buttress this very particular point, one of the things in which I put here, I say fasting and prayerful life at all season settles your dominion on earth. A fasting and a prayerful life at all season settles your dominion on earth. See, if all the only time you fast is when the church organizes a fasting, you are joking. 
I just have to be very serious. You are, you are joking, joking. You are seriously joking. An average believer, at least in a week, I'm using the word minimum, at least in a week, you must fast once. At least you are lazy. You are not too strong. You are pastor, you know, you don't understand. I like my pap and my chakalaka. It's okay. The ability, even fasting, science has actually discovered that the ability for you to suspend your body, not to eat for one day, seems to give you more long life. So how come now you now engage it in the spirit and you now think it's not going to be profitable to you? Fasting. One of the things in which I put here, I say your understanding of fasting will compel the supernatural to happen for you at will. To compel the supernatural to happen to you at will. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 11. You can read that very particular story. It's a story of Jesus himself who fasted for 40 days. The Bible says he fasted for 40 days. And one, this is one of the things I was saying to somebody that they were arguing about fasting and prayer. That no, Jesus fasted for 40, and 40, I mean 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat another thing that says he come down. The Bible did not say that Jesus was tasty. He said Jesus was hungry. So which means the fasting he was doing for that 40 days was the water fasting. There was liquid that was going to his body. Otherwise, he would have died before the time of the cross would come over. So he was, read your Bible very well. The Bible says, for he was hungry, not tasty. So which means he was being, what you call, he has water that he was drinking and stuff, but he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. If Jesus, who happens to be the son of the most high God, will be able to do that very particular mystery, imagine. And guess what? After he finished fasting, that is when the devil showed up. So I'm giving you this part because as the service is, which is a barometer, is a series, and so because of that, I don't want to be too hurry. I don't want to run into it so that we don't get the balance of it. Just because the enemy attack you after you finish praying or finish fasting or finish service in church does not mean that the devil has won the battle. No. The devil is just coming to shift your position. I was saying to somebody, I said, the moment you say to the things of the spirit that I want to fast for the next 21 days, do you know that the day you decide to say you want to fast, that day one, 21 days look like 21 years. Because while the enemy knows what you want to do, and so they will want to stop you by all means. And when you insist, do you notice that when you do the first, the second, the third, the fourth day, fifth day, you are fine. Because why? Insisting in the realm of the spirit, either by fasting or prayer, it is a voice that the spirit recognizes. The voice of insisting, they recognize that part. So insisting in your prayer life, insisting in your fasting, the ability to insist and say, no, heaven must hear my voice in my prayer. Heaven must hear my part that I played in my fasting. Because fasting does not make God now become emotional. Fasting suspends your natural realm for you to be awakened into your spiritual consciousness. I'll repeat it again. Fasting does not make God emotional. It is for your advancement. Fasting suspends your natural to make your spiritual life to be awakened. I was listening to a particular man of God. A few minutes will be over. I was listening to the last story. The man of God was saying, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's an American pastor. He says a lot of people just make it look as if when they do spiritual activities or probably they come to church, they make it look as if they are doing the pastors a favor. Do you know, and when I listened to it, I laughed because it was the truth. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, the title of that very particular stuff happens to be um, Truths That Pastors Will Not Tell You, or something like that. For Some of you can go and Google it on, on YouTube, you'll find it. Um, he's an American pastor, he's a well-known American pastor. He says, you thought that ability for you to come to church 
ability for you to pay your tithe, ability for you to fellowship, ability for you to buy godly material. You think that you are helping the pastor or helping the church. And you know when somebody buys your book, they say, no, I just want to support you to buy your book. He said something that was very interesting and I really love that. And he said this. He said, just because your child is in school and you have to buy textbook does not mean that you are doing the school a favor. You are doing your child a favor by buying the textbook. Even you going to school, you buy textbook for you to pass that very particular material. But how come when it comes to the things of God or when it comes to the things of your church or your spiritual life, you are doing somebody else a favor? He said, no, you are doing yourself a favor. You come to a church, it's your favor. You do whatever the principle is of favor. And that's the truth of the kingdom. We have so much massaged the people to the point that the people doesn't feel any responsibility on their own part. And I know for us as Platform Church, the ability for us to be responsible, the ability for us to be awakened to the consciousness of who we are in Christ, that grace has been given to us. And so with this being said tonight, my question to you, do you have a walk with the Holy Spirit? The ability for you to have a reliable praying and fasting life. Do you have that very particular part? I know you are expecting the service. Don't worry, next week Thursday is going to be it's going to be fine and sweet and cool. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I, I promise you. But let's let's look at this part. I didn't talk about the part of soul winning. I'll, I'll address it next week um, Sunday. I mean next week Thursday because my time is quite fast, fast spent now. But the thing I want to ask you tonight: What's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? What's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit would talk to you tonight, can you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit properly? Can you? Or maybe for you, your prayer life has, has, has gotten to the point of zero. And yet you are wondering why all these things are happening to you. It is time to renew your relationship with God. It is time to reconnect your path to God. It is time to be awakened to the consciousness of God. And so in this moment, in the next two minutes from now, you will open your mouth yourself. You know where you are lacking currently. From the, from the point of attentiveness to the Holy Spirit and the point of reliable prayer and fasting and soul winning. You know where you are lacking. You know the place in which you know that, ah, I have messed up in this very particular place. Open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, help me. Your prayer should just be, Lord, I present myself before you tonight. Help me. Open your mouth and begin to pray. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.